Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Kat. And we are sorting hat chats. And today we're sorting She-Ra, the princesses of power. Before we start, we wanted to tell you a bit about the system we're going to be using to analyze and look at the characters and themes in She-Ra. You can find a more in-depth conversation about our system in episode one, but just in case you're tuning in for this episode, we are happy to have you. And a brief overview is that primary is your morality, what you think is right, and secondary is your methods. And we call it primary and secondary, but one is not more important than the other. They're both important. We're just, we like talking about morality a lot. (laughs) So we always talked about it first. And then in terms of how we got the definitions for the primary houses, the secondary houses, we worked off the themes for each house. So for Gryffindor, we pulled apart, what does it mean to be brave, to be just, to be forthright, and then separated that into morals and methods. Um, For Slytherins, adaptive, loyal, making true friends. For Hufflepuffs, hard work, fairness, tolerance, loyalty. For Ravenclaws, wit, logic, learning, and integrity. And so we have built out pretty extensive definitions you can find. We talked about them in our first episode or also on our Sorting Hat Chats WordPress or Tumblr. Uh, But for now, we're going to dive straight into Sorting She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Want to start with Adora? The conflict that she has with Katra seems very Slytherin primary, Hufflepuff primary. You're important to me, says the Hufflepuff. The Slytherin says, how can I be when other people are important to you also? <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun Slytherin-Hufflepuff argument. It's interesting the way that we see Adora really put up against a wall as far as Catra and, you know, saving the world and saving Catra. There is a possible Slytherin bit there, or at least a loyalist bit, as far as Adora feeling like she doesn't deserve nice things, including the people she likes to some extent. There's there's a lot of I don't know. I'm still I'm still kind of chewing on it. Do you do you know what I'm poking at though? Yeah, okay. So I, I have a theory, which is I think Adora is a Hufflepuff primary. Mm-hmm. And I think She Ra the show believes in Slytherin primary. Oh. I think the whole show, one of the core stories it's trying to tell, is taking this Hufflepuff primary, who's grown up in this particularly um, toxic, you know, self-denying, serve-the-horde kind of environment. She's told she's wonderful and powerful, but also that she owes and needs to serve everyone else. That's something she carries with her into... The rebellion as well. It's something from her childhood she doesn't get rid of. She also believes in, you know, she's just tearing pieces out of herself for other people for this whole time. One of those pieces being her love for Katra. And I think the whole show is leading up to that sort of uh, climax um, in the final season, which is the story telling her, no you also have value and your needs and wants also have value 
right? Which is this really, really Slytherin message of, you know, you are important. People are important just because you love them. That type of selfishness isn't selfish. It's, you know, affirming and important. And without it, you will die and you will fail. Oh, God, no wonder this show hit so hard for me. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I like <laughs> uh-huh. your theory a lot. Yeah, even in season one, you were looking at Dora and saying, oh, that's a fun brain. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Because that's why she has such a... Adora feels Slytherin, especially in the end conclusion she comes to. You know, you, you look at her, her final decision, which is, you know, I matter, Catra matters, my love for Catra matters, and I can, you know, I can allow that to myself. I don't have to give it up because other people need me more, which is a thing that the world keeps telling her and that she keeps telling herself. But I don't think she actually is a Slytherin. I think the story itself just believes in that philosophy. And it's something that she gets to learn. It's like this Slytherin power fantasy of taking all the self-sacrificing Hufflepuffs in your life and sitting them down and saying, no, please prioritize you. Yes, that's exactly, that's exactly what it is. Because the, the part of me that was raised to be a Hufflepuff primary and still sometimes feels guilty for not being a Hufflepuff primary found this show's message to be very validating and soothing. She saves the world, but she also gets to save herself. And it's held up as equally heroic and vital. And also, we should, when we talk about Steven Universe, compare these two children's shows. Yes. And similar and conflicting messages there, because I think that's going to be really fun. Oh, that will be. Yeah, because I, honestly, I like Shira more than I expected to. Like, it is more comparable to how much I like Steven Universe than I expected it to be. Ultimately, I think, I think I'm sold. I think that, yes, Adora is a Hufflepuff primary. Do you think she, do you think she has a Slytherin primary model? I think she might come to that. Um... It she... feels like she chooses Catra over the world at the end, even though she gets both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the story rewards her for making the Slytherin choice. And she does she does make it. And it may be a model, but I think she may manage to make it as a Hufflepuff. Yeah. They're good character writers in She-Ra. So sometimes writers will have a character be one primary. And then they change their primary later, which that kind of inconsistent break can sort of be a sign of bad characterization. And She-Ra doesn't do that. I think she does remain a Hufflepuff without, and she may be tacking on a model, but she may also just be interpreting that Slytherin message through her Hufflepuff, right? Yeah. That realization of I am a person too. I'm fighting because I believe in people and friendship and love and magic and that, you know, people being alive and joyous matters. And I get that too. Yeah, she gets to have Katra. She's saving the world in part because then she gets to have Katra the same way. 
her friends get to have each other. Yeah, and loving Katra is one of the ways she saves the world. It literally empowers her. And that's on the, the story being Slytherin primary. It's why that happens. But I think she may be coming at it from a Hufflepuff lens of loving herself. But I think she, because she continues to love and prioritize the world. I think she and Catra are going to have conflict on that in the future. Yes. Um, she, she remains very Hufflepuff. And she, she may, she may have a model. But I'm not even sure I see any evidence of that. Yeah, we, we talked a little in the last episode about, um, about Aang growing from an immature Slytherin to a mature Slytherin primary. Yes. Going from being, you know, possessive, um in his love to being supportive in his love and we just don't have many examples of matured hufflepuff primaries in media this is a new thing that i am loving but yeah and i think that might be what's happening here is we get to see adora go from being a hufflepuff where all of her love is pointed outside of herself at other people at supporting and giving herself up for them which is important because you know they matter and part of her morality as a hufflepuff is you know helping people even at her own expense you know there's nothing wrong with that but she still she manages to get herself into a less destructive and less self-denying place and it literally makes her more powerful mm-hmm I'm not sure it's the only way for a Hufflepuff to grow or become more stable in themselves. But in a story that's so that's so Slytherin, so so loyalist and so um so self-possessed and so focused on one's own self-worth and right to live, you know, that those sort of really Slytherin thoughts. It makes sense that that's what a maturing Hufflepuff underneath that story arc would look like. I am so glad it's not a sad gay story. <laughs> right? I'm so glad, A, it's gay. And then it just had a happy ending. Yeah. Like, what's that nonsense? In a children's cartoon. I want more. I'm hooked. I think that's really tied into the core of the show. Mm-hmm. It's escaping a toxic environment that puts your own generosity and group loyalty, sets that against you and uses it to abuse and destroy you. And having an affirming community in the rebellion and also role models um, in terms of Mara to show Adora that she does deserve to live and love and preserve herself as well as live and love and preserve the world. Yeah. Living, loving, and preserving herself makes her more able to live, love, and preserve the world. Because she cares. She cares so hard. She cares so much. And it makes her strong. Yeah. And speaking of caring so hard, what are your thoughts on secondary? (sighs) She really likes punching things. She does. She's really good at it. She's really good at it. I'm tempted to Gryffindor secondary. Me too, but I'm not entirely sold. 
right? It seems too simple an answer, but she just punches so many things. And she does the speech thing. Mm -hmm. It's very Katniss. Yeah, one of her roles, especially in the early seasons, is showing up at each princess's domain, being herself, and have them be, and have them go, oh, maybe I will join the princess rebellion. Yeah, I mean, the, the distinction we talk about as far as building community as Hufflepuff secondary and building an army as Gryffindor secondary, I think she falls solidly in the building an army category. Yep, yep, it's I agree. very literally her building an army. Mm-hmm. Just slowly gaining martial allegiances. Mm-hmm. But I like that uh, she has other skill sets, too. I like that she uses them. I think you brought this up when in our group chat when we were watching it, uh, that she has some really strong Ravenclaw secondary dynamics. Yes. It does seem really important to her to have a plan to gather resources to know what she's getting into. She seems like she really understands knowledge as power. She would have attended horse captain training. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> she did attend all trainings that I think we're aware of. Sometimes when she's stressed or there's danger, her answer is to study and prepare. Yeah. And it always seems to come with that, with that side of stress. It always seems to be really, really anxious situations. Like when she's studying for the princess prom um, or prepping for the attack on the um, whatever outpost that was. Yeah, her anxiety is, is a very Ravenclaw secondary anxiety. It's, I don't have enough information, I'm not prepared enough, I haven't thought this through enough. It's the, it's not quite information paralysis, but it's, it's fear of failure for lack of preparation, for lack of knowledge and lack of context. So maybe she has, I'm just so sold on her, on her as a Gryffindor secondary, but there's undeniably a Ravenclaw secondary aspect to her. Yeah, and I think if we kind of look at her growth from the beginning of the story till the end of the story. She gets more confident in her Gryffindor secondary. She seems to settle into it. Her final moments of power, a lot of them are her being like, no, I'm sure, I'm confident in my strength, in my connection to She-Ra, in my connection to my friends and the worthwhileness of my mission. So I'm going to step forward and act and nothing can stop me. Yeah. Um, like the She-Ra battle in space, uh, which was quite fun. Yes. I felt like that was very Gryffindor. It was about connecting to her inner surety and then acting and that allowing her to protect her friends. Yeah, it sparked um, a minor crisis in me, actually, that I am now wondering if I'm a Gryffindor secondary. <laughs> It's fine. Excellent. It's fine. <laughs> all all good fiction causes existential crisis, right? Isn't that how it goes? I just over-identify with Adora. It's fine. <laughs> um, right? But but you're right that the Ravenclaw is so there, and it comes up as a subplot of several episodes, and it's always paired with that anxiety. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's less that her anxiety is a Ravenclaw secondary type anxiety than her, when she becomes anxious, she gets pushed into trying to use a Ravenclaw secondary skill set that isn't natural to her because she's distrusting and not confident in her actual source of strength. 
Yeah. Which again points back to the lovely time with Shadow Weaver in the Fright Zone. Yeah. I don't know. This is one of those things where I'm like, yes, but that's that's correct. (laughs) 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 Of course that's what someone does. You can't actually (laughs) trust your gut and just go after things. You have to check it against a Ravenclaw secondary. You have to check the data. That's a lot more trustworthy than just doing what you feel. Uh-huh. That's, that's correct. That's, <laughs> that's what a Ravenclaw secondary is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, so. And I think that's where Adora is in those moments. Uh-huh. <laughs> For sure. So my own crisis aside, um, uh-huh. I do... I do think that she falls back on a a Ravenclaw secondary model, um, but we do see her settle into that into that Gryffindor secondary. Um, she just she is so much happier when she's just able to straightforwardly punch people, yeah, and she's she is, such and a it, she's leader. really good at it. Yeah. Yes. Yes, she is. She would have made a good force captain. Oh, she would have been so good. Yeah, but I bet I sus like. My suspicion would be that Shadow Weaver probably told her that she needed to use the Ravenclaw. It seems like there was a lot of Shadow Weaver undercutting, especially Catra, but also Adora. Mm-hmm. You know, Adora was more favored and desired, but I think she also got told she was, you know, a disappointment and a failure, and that, you know she was she didn't know enough yeah and i'm wondering if if that's where this when she's feeling like she's not good at things she falls back to preparation because she doesn't trust herself to just be good yeah because shadow weaver is definitely a ravenclaw secondary mm-hmm. she is a schemer a schemy schemer who resource yeah. collects and data collects and hoards secrets ha <laughs> hoards so that makes sense to me that she would have taught Adora that that's the appropriate way to handle situations and that that's what Adora falls back on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so Adora, Hufflepuff primary, either a Slytherin model or just... No, I don't think so. I'm... No, I don't think there's a Slytherin model. No, I think we've just never seen a Hufflepuff this healthy. <laughs> or at least a Hufflepuff this healthy in the eyes of Slytherins. Uh, um, sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not having a crisis about my primary. Strong Slytherin lens. Um, <laughs> and um, then a Gryffindor secondary that she grows back into and she finds confidence in again. So, mm-hmm. um, And uh, a Ravenclaw model that she falls to when she's feeling like she doesn't have any skills. Yes, that's tied to her anxiety, but it's not just a simple manifestation of her anxiety. It's it's more intrinsic and it's important and also genuinely useful for her. Oh, the sword also falls into this story. The sword is a tool. It's something that she's relying on because she doesn't have enough faith in her own power. You know, her power comes from this object that she holds. Yeah. Which is Ravenclaw secondary. It's the things you collect and the things that you instill your power into. She-Ra isn't the sword. Yeah, she is oh, She-Ra. She is. So they She-Ra. have to break. They have to break the sword 
They have to break her dependency on that resource. Yeah. And they break her dependency, I think, on that Ravenclaw secondary model in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But we don't really see it come back. No. No, it becomes less and less important to her and less important to her success. Yeah, she has to find all of her power inside of herself in that Gryffindor secondary way. Yeah, when she starts having trouble accessing She-Ra, when she thinks She-Ra is gone because the sword is gone, um, the times where she's able to access that power again is when she stomps her foot and says, no, I won't let this happen. When she refuses and she acts. Okay, yeah, no, I really like that that secondary journey. That works really well with the the plot elements that are most important to her. Um, speaking of Slytherins, uh, Catra. <laughs> Slytherin, Slytherin. I'm pretty sure. Slytherin. I'm certain on her primary. Yeah. I'm certain Slytherin primary. We should still talk about why we think that. We should. Because uh, um, the I... point of this for us to talk about our thoughts, but Slytherin primary. Slytherin oh primary. God. Yeah, I would. Yes. Um, but do you want to tell me about her secondary? Because I just didn't have a strong opinion. She's just so good at watching what other people are doing and then mimicking it. She's so good at feeling her way through situations. And I could see Ravenclaw secondary, too. She's just like a very fast learner and she's mm-hmm. mimicking um, and data collecting. But it certainly seems like she's just feeling her way through. I don't know. I get I get a neutral state feel from her a lot of the time. She does seem to uh, find her way to the top of each terrible situation she gets flipped into um, over the course. It keeps being a new evil empire whose rungs she has to climb. And then she just does. Yeah. I think she definitely has a Slytherin secondary skill set. Yeah. But do you think it's her secondary or do you think it's her model? Because she's in such a pressurized environment. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure she could have survived without building some sort of Slytherin. And it, it still might be just her secondary. But that just seems like such an essential skill set for her that I'm wondering. I really could see Ravenclaw secondary for her. Because we see her collect the information and then implement the information. It's visible in a way that I think Slytherin secondaries are often more... It's transparent in a way that Slytherin secondary often isn't. Yeah, Slytherin secondary is often similar to Gryffindor, our other reactive improv house. It's often almost instinctual. Yeah. They go with the flow when they're reacting to things, but not necessarily explicitly consciously deciding whereas a really rapid fire Ravenclaw secondary can get that same smoothness but they're rapidly processing and making decisions yeah it's like when I used to think I was a Slytherin secondary and no I was a rapid fire Ravenclaw secondary it's hard to tell though because I think it's also it's a tv show yeah exactly so it needs to be transparent to a degree so we can read what's happening we have to see where she's getting her information because it needs to make sense to us logically. It needs to seem a little bit less like magic. 
And I'm trying to think if we ever see Catra doing things just for pleasure. Or just <laughs> part of who she is and not just reacting to dangerous situations and toxic environments. I don't think so. I think that she's only ever <laughs> toxic environment right because we don't i'm not sure we ever see catherine in a situation where it's not she may die if she does not react properly well we do and she chooses to die actually that's fair (laughs) she she chooses to explode the universe um but even then i think she feels like she's gonna die either way yeah right yeah. Um, it's Her primary is just so loud. So loud, it covers up. It does. When we see her happy, when we, ser- when we see her playful, it's always centered around Adora or occasionally around uh, Scorpia. But it's, it's about the people she likes and loves. It's not necessarily about her being playful. She's too traumatized to be playful, okay? Yeah, even when she's being playful, it's always for other people. Oh, let's look at Milog, the um, magical cat we meet that soul bonds with Katra. I think that might be a good place to look at her, uh, her honest reactions and tendencies. Yes, her id. The cat that is her id. <laughs> Yes, the cat that is her id. Let's look at her physical, magical manifestation of her id. Is there anything there that helps us out? Or is that just, again, a primary information? It's mostly primary. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just um, her being like, no, stay with the Dora. Why aren't we staying with the Dora? This makes no sense. <laughs> oh, we're happy right now because we're with Adora. <laughs> okay, how about we look at why, in terms of the story, she's given Milog. Milog is... Milog is basically a therapy cat. Yes. Not just in terms of, like, comfort, but Milog's a tool that lets a lets Katra physically observe and identify her feelings. Yeah. In a way that lets her process them and um, interact with them more responsibly. Oh. Is her secondary burned? I think she might be burned and relying on a Slytherin secondary model. Yeah. Because that right? that pragmatism of do anything that works, I think that can look like a Ravenclaw secondary, but it feels mm-hmm. different. Because I... Yeah. When I look at some of it, I think... I guess that looks like a Ravenclaw secondary, but I never felt like it. Mm-hmm. There's no joy. No. There's nothing that she learns or prepares or reacts to that isn't explicitly about survival. Either little physical survival or just responding to her massive, traumatizing fears of abandonment, which also feel like a survival problem for her. So I think she just is entirely burned and everything is just, how do I live? How do I not perish? And she's got some Slytherin secondary in her. And her burned... The place where her burned secondary is, I think, 
has some aspects of Ravenclaw secondary. But I, I don't... I, she's so playful, you know? Especially when we see her as a kid. She's playful. She's mischievous. There is an interesting thing to look at in her... In her relationship with Double Trouble. Because mm-hmm. Double Trouble, I think, has a skill set that Catra really appreciates and admires. But I think it also makes her uncomfortable. Yeah. Double Trouble is a useful tool, but she does not jam with them. She desperately craves a connection. She wants their approval. Yeah, but I think she wants a friend. Yeah. And Double Trouble is her only ally at that point. Mm-hmm. And so they're therefore the closest thing that she has to a friend. Okay, so it might not be actually a place for us to get information about her secondary. No, I think maybe it is. I think the desire for connection is coming from the primary. Mm-hmm. But her uncomfortableness with Double Trouble and the way they can transform and act and you know they're a Slytherin secondary um they have so much joy in that skill set of theirs you don't if you are a shapeshifter you do not have to be a Slytherin secondary however because people there's someone who is writing this if you choose to give a character shapeshifting powers you are often giving them to a character who is a Slytherin secondary yes the common trend but also the amount of joy double trouble finds in the transformation and the trickery and the prankstery utter delight i love yeah. them exactly the way they interact with their powers makes me think they are southern secondary it's acting they have so much fun it's acting but they don't have to mean it they just have to do it and they have no qualms about it being lying or anything it doesn't bug them at all no they're just they're having so much fun yeah they're a delight. Um, but Katra doesn't actually like that. She just thinks it's useful. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel like maybe she's not a Slytherin secondary. It's not like, oh, I wish I could. It's just like, I don't know how to. <laughs> I'm normally the most adaptive, reactive, trickery person here because I have my model. My model of Slytherin secondary you actually are one and now i'm out of my depth yeah and she i think doesn't know how to interact with double trouble's joy double trouble is so unburned she gets frustrated and annoyed and irritated and like stop playing games yeah this skill set is for survival you are doing it for fun (laughs) what are you doing this is no stop that i'm uncomfortable so I think not a Slytherin secondary. Burned. Slytherin secondary model. Mm-hmm. In the final season, as she's managing to heal some bridges and heal some parts of herself, do we get any more information about what her secondary might be? <sighs> she's entering this environment that is less scary. Does it let her act in any ways that she couldn't before? She just isolates herself, though. Like, she... Yeah, she doesn't know it's safe. No, when we end the series, she still doesn't feel like it's safe. She does feel like it's safer with Adora, I think. 
And she is playful with Adora, but not necessarily in a Slytherin secondary way. It's just, she does like giving them useful information, but that's, she does. that's just, that's such a stand, like, yeah, again, it's her making herself useful for the sake of survival. Yeah, it's not really tied to any specific secondary. I think she might be an inspirational secondary. Either Gryffindor or Hufflepuff secondary. People do follow her. She keeps... She keeps getting people to believe in her. Even when she's not trying. Mm-hmm. Like, she gets Scorpia, who's wonderful. Um, but she also... She makes that... She takes over that army in the Crimson Waste. She causes changes in other people when she's in environments where she's allowed to be more herself. In the Fright Zone... She's self-destructive. She's just scrambling to survive. And so she's a very bad leader or community builder there. You know, she loses the connection that she originally clearly had to um, her squad. As she climbs up and gets into danger, more, more and more dangerous situations. Because I think in the beginning of the show, Katra actually in some ways feels somewhat safe. She has a status quo. Shadow Weaver is terrifying, but in her bubble of their squad, Catra's actually doing okay. She has Adora. Um, and she has a lot of dedication and loyalty there. Adora leaves. Catra gets pulled up through the ranks, and it becomes more and more personally dangerous for her, and she stops being able to function well. When she gets taken out, though, and put down to the Crimson Wastes, and gets to just act as she is, she ends up with being the leader of the gang um, and having parties thrown in her honor and feeling like she wants to stay. Yeah, and I do think that she she's not going in there and learning about everyone. She's going in there and telling it like it is. Yeah, she's going in there and being herself, and it makes people believe in her even after inner once we threw glimmer and catra into a spaceship for an indeterminate amount of time it was enough to make glimmer go back for catra with that being the last thing that catra wanted so she inspires loyalty in others when she is acting as her own self I think those are the moments when we see her secondary in action. Because those are the moments where she's allowing herself to be a little less burned. Because she's not thinking about fear. Yeah. Gryffindor secondary, I think. You think Gryffindor? Because I'm, I'm a little torn between Gryffindor and Hufflepuff. Mm-mm. Um, no, I think because... I mean, she's a hard worker, but she doesn't hard work. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't community build. She actively pushes community away. She doesn't learn about the people around her. No, she doesn't. She does not know anyone's name. No. Nor their dog's name. Nor the, you know, um, no, like. Yeah, but you can have the Hufflepuffs who just work instead of community build, and it still gets them trust and allegiance. But I don't really see her doing that. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be why people are following her. For Glimmer, she's brave. Right? Yeah. Kashra stands against the clones for her 
and Glimmer is like, ah. And in the Crimson Waste, she's strong and powerful. And it makes people want her to be their leader. It's again the armies, not communities. So yeah, I think you're right. Griffith are secondary. I didn't see that coming. I love it, but I did not see that coming. So a place she and Adora connect, maybe. Yeah. And a place where um, she looks at Adora and she's like, Adora, you're so cool. Yeah, because Adora is allowed to do that more in the Fright Zone than Catra is. Yeah. And so I think it's one of the things that Catra really connects to about her. Mm-hmm. They're both loyalists and they're both Gryffindor secondaries. Yeah. They're so similar at the, the fact of their differences that Adora is driven to help the rebellion as soon as she meets them. And Catra is like, why? The fact that every, every other thing about Adora probably makes intuitive sense to Catra, except for that. I bet is one of the issues where she looks at Adora and just assumes that that must be how Catra would be thinking about it too. If Catra had made Adora's decisions, it would mean that Catra didn't love Adora. Right? And she's not used, I think, to thinking of Adora as someone who thinks differently than she does. Because on everything else, she doesn't. Yeah. And they grew up being just so much on the same page. Exactly. They were on the same team. So the Hufflepuff Slytherin primary difference didn't matter. Yeah. Until Adora literally met any other person in need. <laughs> Which took um, a while. Oh, it did. It did take a while. But even even when they were kids and Adora would go be friends with other people, baby Catra would still get very insecure and upset about it. So even when they were on the same team, that was that was an issue. Yep. And then and then Adora would come back. But in this case it was a little harder for her to come back. Yeah. Only Catra had just left. But it makes sense. It does. There it was makes sense why she didn't. Because, oh, yeah. She could. She could have. There was nothing external stopping her from leaving the Fright Zone and joining Adora. But internally, she couldn't. That hurt. That was hard to watch. <laughs> Before we run out of time, do we want to take a look at Bow and Glimmer? Yes. I am not sure I have instinctive opinions on them other than Glimmer literally punches things with glitter. But I'm not sure she's actually a Gryffindor secondary. I think she is. Okay, okay. I just keep feeling like it's too simple. No. But she does punch things with sparkles. She does. It's just her whole M.O. And she's so honest. She's so honest. She hates lying. She is. And she suffers so much when they stick her in the queen role for the first time. Oh, she she's not allowed it. to go out and act. Yeah. She has to plan and trust and invest in her resources. And she's like, I'm probably going to die. Yeah. And fail. Yeah. So no, I actually, I, I I think she's a Gryffindor secondary, I okay, feel. Okay, cool. Just Gryffindor secondary. Yeah. But she and Adora met and went, Rose, <laughs> you punch things with a sword, and I will punch them with literal sparkles. You have thoughts on primary? Less certain on her primary. Right? It's, 
Um, Gryffindor? She does seem... I think she's an internal primary, right? Which is Gryffindor or Slytherin. So she seems to get yeah. her best and most confident moral information from inside herself. When she's trying yeah. to listen to others or to study or to be really cerebral about choices she's making and try to be good by definition, she trips up and freaks out. But when she mm -hmm. hits the situation and she just can point at it and be like, no, that's wrong, or no, we have to go back for Catra, those are where she's both most yeah. confident, most happy, and most effective. And I don't think that Catra is in her Slytherin primary. I don't think that's what's going on there. Yeah, there wasn't... When she goes back for Catra, because that is a really big change, a really big decision, it's not because she's got any loyalty to Catra, or that mm -hmm. you maybe because she loves Adora and she's aware of that loyalty. It's not because of any of those reasons. It's because it's the right thing to do. No. I think a really good thing to yeah. look at is when she works with Shadow Weaver um, and uses mm -hmm. the dark magic um, and tries to get the um, the weapon, the Heart of Etheria, in season four. So she's going against everything that everyone else thinks because she's sure. And while she regrets the consequences... And I think she may even burn a bit and doubt herself. That morality is so coming from her gut and her heart. And it's about doing the right thing. Um, she did not check that for consistency with her other moral beliefs. No. Yeah, and that would have been irrelevant to her in so many ways, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so she's, I don't, she's not a Ravenclaw yeah. primary. Um. I, I think she's a Gryffindor primary. It's about the fight. It's about doing the right thing. It's about standing up for stuff. So Gryffindor, Gryffindor. Intense, but yeah. that glimmer is intense. That makes sense. Glimmer is intense, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and that explains why, as much as I love her, I'm also just like, oh my god, glimmer, stop. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that makes sense. Um, oh, glimmer, 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 darling, my love. She's a Gryffindor Gryffindor in a particularly young one. There's just a lot of sparkle yes. punches. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's one of the things that Frost really likes about her. I think Frost is also a Gryffindor secondary. Who was mm -hmm. trying to do something else when we first met her, but then she was like, wait, I could just punch things with my ice hands? Like Glimmer does oh. with her sparkle hands? And Glimmer became her favorite person. Um, yes. I think Frosta might be a Slytherdor, actually. Oh, that does sound right. Um, but uh, before we get distracted by tiny, angry princesses, um, what do we think about <laughs> Bo? Other than, obviously, we love him. So, my initial gut reaction that I have not actually spent much time thinking about is Hufflepuff primary, Ravenclaw secondary. I like it. I like that initial gut reaction. I feel stronger about the Ravenclaw secondary, but still... Yeah, he literally builds and designs trick arrows. He reminds me of Sokka. Yeah. I love the boomerang guy of a magical yeah, crew. Yeah, he's the boomerang guy. Right? 
And he literally does the, you know, the science and the invention and the crafting mm-hmm. and the making mm-hmm. and the construction. And he was raised by, like, archaeologist librarian dads. Yeah, and he took their very Ravenclaw skill set and applied it to the field of warfare, which they hate. But mm-hmm. it's still he's still very much coming from that family tradition, which is, I think, really fun. Um, yeah. I think Ravenclaw's really strong for him because he just, those are his sources of power. With his bows, mm-hmm. it's his ability to um, to work on the same wavelength as Entrapta, which I thought was really cool. We actually had two tech mm-hmm. people. You know, it's partially because Entrapta spent some time on the bad side. But I love that, mm-hmm. that in the end, um, we actually ended up with two um, tech humans. Because it allows them to supplement each other. You often have multiple combat units in a heroism team of this sort. Um, in a heroism ensemble. But not often to tech people. Yeah, and it was nice to see them get to supplement each other. If he's doing it in this really Ravenclaw way, she's doing it in a Gryffindor secondary mad scientist way. <laughs> and it's great, but it's a slightly different <laughs> dynamic. The most chaotic neutral character I have yet come across. I adore her. <laughs> um, oh. And, uh, but, but Bo, I think Ravenclaw secondary works really well. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's... I could see Gryffindor primary for him, too. I'm not totally sold on Hufflepuff primary, yeah. but that is the feel I get. He cares about people a lot. He bonds with people a lot. He doesn't talk about ideals as much. Yeah, I I feel like he's a felt primary, not a decided primary. So mm-hmm. Hufflepuff or Gryffindor, not Slytherin or Ravenclaw. It doesn't seem like he... Well, no, mm-hmm. maybe he did. Maybe he did go sit and sit down and think about what he wanted to do. He made a big decision running away That's from true. home. Because he thought it was the right thing to do. And that was before he'd met anyone. He did that in a vacuum. That's true. Right? That's an interesting point. He was a civilian. He was out of the war. Um, and he said... He had access to a bunch of knowledge, mm-hmm. and then he took that knowledge and decided what to do. Yeah, he said, okay, it's not right for me to sit out. Mm-hmm. And it was, it didn't have to, it wasn't like a Dora where she went off and she met the villagers and went, oh God, no, we can't do this. He did it in a vacuum because it, it mattered in the absence of any actual people or actually actual hurt or actual stimuli. So idealist, maybe, right? Maybe he's a a Ravenclaw or a Gryffindor, not a Hufflepuff or a Slytherin. Fair point. He might have a Hufflepuff secondary model. That might have been what I was feeling from him. He feels so communal. Because he does know everyone's names. He does. And probably their dog's names. And he's so sweet. And he's the one, like, who's giving the big telecasted speeches at the end with, you know, when they take over Mm -hmm. our prime speaker. And he can really inspire a sense of, uh, like camaraderie and community and connection you know in the best friend squad you know yeah he makes friends not an army you know but i think it's i think you're right i think it's a hufflepuff secondary model he's using that mm-hmm. skill set but i don't think it drives mm-hmm. his morality yeah i agree i think that's what i was feeling i was feeling a hufflepuff secondary skill set okay cool that makes sense yeah but i think i like your idea of him being a ravenclaw yeah i think i think idealist and Either Ravenclaw or Gryffindor. I'm not sure that one sways me more, but I think he's an idealist just because he made such a major 
mm-hmm. life-changing, you know, breaking from his community and disappointing his fathers. Do we see him change his mind during the course of the show? Hmm. He about, has the, about any moral things? He has the big conflict with Glimmer, where he and Adora mm-hmm. conflict with her over using the heart of Etheria. But does, I'm trying to think of what reasoning he uses or how he responds to that disconnect. But I think it might just be that they're right. Yeah. I'm not sure he, he doesn't seem to logic or to consider her position. Mm-hmm. Which could just mean he was doing it rapid fire. We talked about that in terms of Ravenclaw secondary, but it's also true mm-hmm. of Ravenclaw primary. Mm-hmm. If they're really, they think really fast, it can look like a more intuitive Gryffindor primary. Um, but yeah, so I think maybe Gryffindor primary for him as well. Which okay. makes, again, they've got the, that's one of Glimmer and Bo's connections. That's true. They've spent so much of their childhood and their friendship um, and their relationship on the same side of that primary. Mm -hmm. That's one of the first times I think they really strongly disagree. Mm -hmm. And if he were a Ravenclaw primary, he might have felt more compelled to talk to his dads about what he felt was right instead of just going out and doing it. Yeah, and I think he would have felt more compelled to discuss and reason with Glimmer over the heart of Etheria and mm-hmm. really try to understand her side, whether because understanding her side is, you know, important or um, less maturely because he assumed he'd be able to convince her that he was right. Yeah. Um, but he just, he just says no, I think, you know, they just okay. argue. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm sold. I'm sold. Okay. So, He's a Gryffindor primary, like Glimmer. Mm-hmm. And he's, I think, our sole Ravenclaw secondary. Other than Shadow Weaver. Yeah, so Shadow Weaver and then Adora's got that model. Yeah. I don't really feel the need to sort Shadow Weaver's primary no. unless you do. I dearly don't want to think about Shadow Weaver's brain. It's fine. Sounds good. Or Mista cool. might be a Ravenclaw secondary. But, um. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. We can leave that for another. Personal discussion, though, because we're out of time for this episode, I think. That's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. We had a great time. We hope you did, too. Um, We will be sorting the book Gideon the Ninth next time. And I've been trying to get Emily to read this book for ages. So I'm super stoked, you guys. For more information on our system, check out our Tumblr and our WordPress at sortinghatchats.tumblr.com and sortinghatchats.wordpress.com See you next time! If you like this episode, consider donating to the National Center for Transgender Equality.